the Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products is right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship aspirations all year long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. Burrito Express. Your local burrito joint with six East Valley locations. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. For lunch at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, your next Allegiant Stadium event, or catering your next office party. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. It's Wednesday night, which means it's our Wednesday night staple, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from the Beautiful, gorgeous day in Denver, Colorado. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? Well, it's beautiful, but it's it's hot as we're in June now. And, of course, that means <laughs> it's going to be about 100 degrees probably for the next four months. <laughs> we might get a few days in 99, 98. But, uh, uh, I lived it. I've lived it. You know that. 30 years worth of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me too. Not quite. Uh, most of my life here in Vegas, so I'm used to it. You never get quite used to it, but but you you always just learn to to tolerate it. But but that's what we get for for living out this way and having nice <laughs> nice winters, not dealing with snow and and tons of cold in the winter. That's the trade off, I guess. But uh, yep, I guess you're right. You, you asked me how my week was. It was fine, but it sounds no matter what I say, it sounds like it was not as adventurous as the week week you've that, had. As nobody wants to nobody wants oh. to hear about my week whatsoever. <laughs> no. I will tell you though, I do have a broken thumb, and I am you're using playing hurt that, though. <laughs> I'm using the microphone with my left hand. Um, and I will probably be looking at knee surgery on my right knee uh, sometime before the uh, end of the summer. So um, I'm, I'm but, telling you, Scott, you, you need to write a book at some point about all the things. Nobody would ever believe it. Nobody <laughs> would believe my life. I promise you that. Uh, anyway, it's but been a great week on podcast, Stephen. Yeah. As I told oh, yeah. you, we. We've been all over the place. We we started off in Lindenwood with uh, Rick Zombo. We went uh, Monday night to uh, right here in Denver with the head coach of the national champion Denver Pioneers, David Carl. Last night we visited in with uh, uh, Brett Riley at LIU, and tonight we're coming from East Coast back to West Coast, and we're going to the University of Arizona. We're going to talk to head coach of Chad Berman in about one minute here, just to uh, find out what's going on with the Wildcats because. Everybody knows there's a building coming. Everybody knows how good this program is. And, man, when you look at the, the roster addition, Stephen, this program just got better. 
<laughs> yeah, they really did. I mean, they, they've got quite a few uh, new players on there. And, and we'll, of course, we'll ask Coach Berman about some of them in, uh, in just a few minutes about, about them because uh, as, as we see this time of year now, as teams are, are doing the old uh, the whole battle here to, to beef up their rosters as we get ready for the, the season coming up uh, in, a, in a few months. But you mentioned you had Coach Zombo on your podcast on Sunday. And, of course, he's been – been promoted right to the NCAA wins a national champion of the ACHA has to do the I do all the post game with me and the celebration and everything and then and then now he's big time now now he's talking to you and Paul on the NCAA show so that's no no more of this ACHA stuff with with, with Steven and, and our show he's on the big show now with you yeah you and Paul. I, hear, I hear you well let's not wait any longer let's bring on the head coach from the University of Arizona Chad Berman is with us coach Scott and Steven with you first of all how are you and how's your summer been so far Scott, Stephen, doing great. Thanks for having me. I got to hear what you did. I need to hear the story. We do want to hear your song, your name, what happened. Uh-oh, Scott, I, might, I, I set you up for this one. Uh, well, as people may or may not know, I do a little part-time stuff on the side, uh, driving a little DoorDash. Let's put it that way. Um, and I was driving the other day just to make a few extra bucks, uh, a little meal money, if you will, and uh, made a drop and uh, was – shocked that uh i was attacked by three dogs one being a pit bull oh my god <laughs> chased me to the to the gate of the house uh, luckily i was a little bit faster than them <laughs> which was good the other two were little chihuahuas or older chihuahuas and they couldn't catch me but anyway wow. as uh as he got a hold of my pants leg and thankfully not my leg um i was just getting to the gate and i smashed my right knee up against a concrete wall and and uh was in enormous amounts of pain but it's the same knee that i've already had two surgeries on so it's already a wreck so it's just a matter now of how bad it is i don't know if it's uh, just meniscus or if it's an mcl but anyway so i'm braced up and hobbling along and and sleeping with ice packs on my bag and today i tried to be uh funny and go without the brace and i slipped and fell and broke my right thumb oh, <laughs> as i hit the ground so so that's how my my week is going coach hopefully yours is better yeah, I like to set the bar low before I talk. That's why I thought we'd bring it up. <laughs> I have no doubt that meal was on time too, right? <laughs> it was on time, but the, the crazy part of it is all these people since the pandemic are asking for for just a leave it at my door style. Well, they, yeah. they neglect to tell you that when you leave it at the door and have a doggy door, that sometimes the dogs come out the door when they see a stranger <laughs> there, right? Uh, and yeah. the first two little chihuahuas, like I said, were older. They couldn't have caught me with I'd have been crawling. Uh, but the pit bull is a little faster, <laughs> yeah, I bet. I and he bet. paid attention to me. But that, thankfully, he didn't get through my. He got through my pants leg and tore it up pretty good, but not into the skin of my leg as I was able to climb through the fence and and get out. But yeah, well, that's uh, glad to hear so, you're all right. That was a wake up call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, goes to show, just goes to show you how uh, the the uh, the amount of work that delivery drivers go through. We always talk about complain when our stuff doesn't come on time, but but I mean they they have to deal with going in these yards and, and maybe being attacked by dogs. I mean po post office people, the mailmen have to deal with Heck it. Yeah. Amazon people have to deal with it. Uh, obviously, food delivery people have to deal with it, and and I just wish people would would appreciate that by you know taking care of them, but also making sure that their dogs can't get out and attack these guys, these people too. 
This has become a PSA announcement. I like it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to talking hockey because I texted you the other day and I said, geez, I haven't talked to you in a while. So first of all, um, before we start talking about this roster you're building, give us the latest on what's going on with your building. I know it's been delayed just a little bit uh, before shovels go on the ground, but but how are things going and uh, everything's still on track? Yeah, everything's uh, you know on track as far as we know. We're uh, you know in touch with them and... You know, looking forward to, uh, you know, I think these things are going to be a lot of checkpoints. And certainly the next um, checkpoint for us is let's get a shovel in the ground and start uh, start that exciting process. So we're excited about the building, you know, getting underway and uh, excited about the, you know, the opportunity to have a new season here. Now, can I, can I, this might, I might be setting myself up for this one, but uh, what uh, comes first, uh, the Arizona building or Arizona Coyotes new arena? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had to go there, didn't he? Oh, I think no. we just lost all our listeners in Arizona. <laughs> I don't know. Ask Greg. <laughs> well, I'm not even talking about their temporary home. I'm talking about if they even if this whole thing with the Tempe thing is going to work out, where they're going to get a an arena there. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, according to us, it's going to. We we should be first, or else things went wrong. So I sure hope it's us. <laughs> okay, so so that's the latest on the building update, Coach. Everywhere I go, people are asking me about your program. They ask me. They they know I've been in Arizona for thirty years, so everybody wants to get the inside scoop. So. Um, we watch your website. We watch social media. We see the guys that you're adding. And when I see you put up a video of a kid, uh, I know that that kid means something special to you. Well, I, as you know, I wear a lot of hats. So any chance I have an opportunity to act like I'm more technologically <laughs> advanced than I am, I take advantage. And I happen to have a clip of him, but certainly that's a clip. I think I, obviously you're referring to Eddie Slack. We're really excited about adding a six, three, four with a ton of speed kid who plays a full 200 foot game, but um, you know, as I had that clip, I just felt like this is the best way for me to introduce Eddie so that guys really <laughs> understand, you know, what he is. It's, he's a rare package of size and speed. He's kind of a different version of our George Orfanos um, in, a, in a different way, for sure. Um, but my favorite part of his game is just the way he likes to drive uh, back posts and drive nets. I mean, it's just at this level, and especially as you get later in the season into March and playoff hockey, that stuff's kind of critical. So, um, you know, I felt like that video best depicts what we were getting and um, certainly got some of the boys excited. All right, let me let me move on before Steven jumps in and takes over the whole show. Uh, <laughs> a Finnish goaltender? Yeah, it's my yeah, it's my first non-North American League player here, honestly. Um, couldn't be more excited about this kid. Like, I'm crossing my fingers because I'll be honest with you, like, obviously recruiting, like, in, in goalie evaluation is not my strength, but... If I may say so myself, I've been on a pretty hot run. And I think it's kind of like, I think it's mainly out of fear. I think I'm recruiting out of fear out of, and nothing else there. Uh, and I'm very thorough in that process. And, and I have no doubt we're getting a really good one here. Nicholas Seppinen uh, from Finland uh, played for the Junior Carolinas in the USPHL last year. Um, put up very good numbers. It did, did the same in Finland before that. He's a big kid, 6'1". Um, probably my favorite part about him, he's very square to the puck, very steady. He's not erratic in the crease. He always seems to be on top of the play and, and, uh, and follows the play well. Um, and rule number one, if you're going to be a goaltender here, you've got to be ferociously competitive. I just think that that sets the tone for practices, the rest of the team. When you have a kid like that um, who's not going to give up on a puck in practice, it elevates the rest of the group. Um, he really checks every box we are looking for. Um, just a great kid. I mean, I've been impressed with this communication. He's com communicating from the other side of the world with me, and I know everything that's going on, and uh, certainly it bodes well for us moving forward. 
All right, Stephen, fire away if you got some more there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let me, let me ask about uh, – I'm looking at some of the headlines. We talked about some of these players. You talked about – uh, so I see adding scoring, power forward, uh, sp speed, and mobile <laughs> defensemen. So what was you feel like is your, your, your biggest need? Obviously, the, the offense was not where you wanted it last year, so I'm sure that was a focus. But how did these players – how can these additions help with, with what you guys are going to try to achieve coming up uh, next year? Yeah, I think our offense struggling last year is an understatement. It was really frustrating. We expected... I was trying to be nice there. I <laughs> no, I know. I'm just letting you know you don't have to be. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like uh, offensively, we struggled. We went nine games in a row giving up two goals or less. That should be championship caliber uh, level of defense. Um, you know, and, and people would ask me because they, they'd see our scores and they'd have a hard time saying, you know, why are you losing by a goal to a mine not and then losing by a goal to – or, you know, or winning by a goal then to – another team and it, it became a race to three quite honestly throughout the season and we had a hard time manufacturing that third goal um we felt like we had top end defensemen and goaltending and we think we're as good or better next year you know certainly that's only on paper and we'll see um so this year we had to say well we've got to generate more offense our, our special teams were uh were they struggled we, we've got a particularly in small area two-on-one attacking if i could be more specific that's what we were looking for guys who can attack small area two-on-ones because that's essentially what the power play boils down to um and, and we wanted to get quicker you know we had some of our guys that left some of the fifth year guys um were, weren't some of the quicker guys in our team and so we saw it as an opportunity um to train you know with a few forwards going out to replace those guys with some pace and speed um it really checks the boxes that we're going after in terms of we want to improve our power play we want to improve our transition game and in general our finish uh, and more specifically, a small area two-on-one attacking. So, you know, I think what's particularly exciting about this recruiting class is, you know, every year they're gonna, we're going to sit here and, and tell you how excited we are and we should be, and everybody's ex excited this time of year. But the truth of recruiting is you don't always get exactly what you want. You go out there and you search and you hunt and you adjust, um, and, and sometimes you get some of the things you want but not all of them. I can honestly tell you that every guy we've brought in brings something – um, you know, that we needed to add. We wanted to get longer on the back end, especially left-handed. Cosden brings that. We wanted to get faster, Eddie Slack, and certainly, um, and bigger. But where, you know, Tyler Shetland may not come in as a bigger guy being about 5'8", um, he's about as quick as they come. And so, you know, when you can attack not only um, players who fit your culture and your talent you're looking for, but fit the needs you're after, that's when you really start feeling like you're putting together a recruiting class that can make a massive impact right away. All right, let me ask you this. Um, we talked about a finished goaltender. We talked about the uh, the uh, power forward and Eddie Slack. Then you get an NCAA transfer, a Division three transfer. But we've been talking on all of our podcasts for the last year or so, Coach, about um, the portal and what that's doing and quality players that aren't getting – uh, locker space at NCAA Division One levels. Uh, is any of that starting to trickle down? And is an NCAA Division Three player coming to you, uh, or are you digging after him? Uh, mainly, you know, in terms of D three, they're contacting you. I'm certainly not going to poach anybody's roster or anything like that. And um, you know, I think you know. Last summer, we talked about coming off of COVID and what to expect. And something I anticipated really was a bit of a clog up in recruiting because of COVID. They, everything got kind of pushed down uh, in terms of you know fifth years could stay, and then you had a recruiting class coming in, and it created a bit of a bottleneck. Well, 
fast forward a year later, what I can tell you is, is I was right. I was just a year off. Um, and I'm seeing it actually more this summer than last summer for whatever reason. Um, and I think you're seeing just a lot of packed in rosters, um, probably a bit over recruiting in some state circumstances. And, um, you know, it, it throws off the balance of opportunity and, and can be a frustrating process for a lot of kids, but I'm definitely noticing it more. It's creating more opportunities. Um, we've got a couple more we're talking to at a very high end level that we're excited about that, that are in similar boats. And so, you know, all I can tell you is I'm, I'm surprised to say that the COVID stuff really is affecting more this summer than last summer. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not really surprised at that, but because uh, I think it took a year to kind of work itself out, and it's still probably going to be another couple of years till things settle down. But um, the quality of play coach that that I continue to see from ACHA D1 and the additions of uh, San Diego State and Oregon making the jump uh, out in the West, uh, how excited are you about that, just adding more teams that are a little closer? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's awesome just in general for the game to see it grow. Like, we all want to be a part of the solution here. And, you know, it starts, uh, you know, you got the Vegas Knights and you got ASU going D1 and um, Tucson Roadrunners coming into Tucson. And, and certainly we'd like to think we're a part of that growth. And then you start seeing these teams that are popping up out west. And um, I certainly don't mind road trips to the beach. So we hope to go to San Diego at some point. Um <laughs> But, it's better uh, than a road trip to Minot in uh, in January, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, tell me about, it, especially on a senior night when you're banged up. But I digress. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's great. It's great to see like big big game, big name schools, especially out west, getting involved. And I think that's only going to continue here as we're continuing to schedule and as they continue to strengthen their schedule. Because you know, as everybody knows, when you're starting a program, you got to kind of just make a schedule work and. And part of that is you've got to make yourself viable. And and, uh, and if you're going to add to a schedule, you want to be as good as you can be to add to their strength of schedule and incentivize those things. And so they're going through that process, and I think they're doing the right things. But it's definitely exciting. It brings different and, and more exciting brand names. I mean, not only is it exciting for the budget and, and all that, but, like, you know, for our fan base, they relate more to a Pac-12 type of a, of a team. So when they see a, a UCLA on our schedule and stuff like that, that's more relatable to them than – Who's my not? And I have to be like, well, you know, only one of the top teams in North America <laughs> in the ACHA here. So, you know, it's just a funny how it works. Okay, so that kind of leads me into to, to schedule a little bit. I know it hasn't been released out there yet, but um, I'm sure it's already together, put together. Um, any teasers or anything that you can kind of hint on that and, and maybe share when, when we might see your guys' schedule come out? Yeah, absolutely. I have no problem sharing it. Uh, we're extremely excited about our schedule. I mean, um, we're going to challenge our guys in every facet of what we're doing this year. And, and that goes with our competition too. Um, we're going to have a home opener with Davenport in town here. A program has been a top 10 team, uh, pretty much every year, uh, probably had a bit of a down year for themselves last year. And I think a bunch of teams coming off of COVID would say that certainly us, I think Dearborn would say that. Um, but usually just a, a top end program. We're excited to start our season off with somebody like that. Um, and then in November, we're going to head to Michigan, um, you know, we're going to play Michigan-Dearborn at their place. We're excited about that. Obviously, they're the team got, that knocked us out. I was going to say, you got a little teaser of that in the national yeah. tournament, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, we don't like losing. So, yeah, we would have scheduled them for a thumb war if they took it. Was that, always, was that game always in the works, or was that or, or is that, that come yeah. as a result of the national tournament? Well, I've always had a good relationship with Chris, and we've something we've thrown around, and, and we talked about it. And, um, you know, we were kind of talking in Naples, and eventually just got to the point where I'm like, let's just make this happen. Like, I'll come to you, and you come to me when you can. Um, and then, you know, there's also some incentive there. We're going to go uh, Thursday, Friday at Michigan Dearborn. 
And then we're going to go play, you know, how much better game preparation could you get for the national tournament than playing a third game in three days at Adrian. And I welcome that challenge. It's going to be an immense challenge. Um, that to me is probably the team to beat, uh, probably number one in the country. No, no disrespect to a Minot or a UNLV or some of the many talented teams that we're going to run into next year. Uh, but I want my challenge, my team to be challenged. I want them to see adversity uh, uh, and to go through that. Um, and I guess the only other um, scheduling thing that we've got planned is it took me seven years to learn, stop taking three weeks off before the national tournament. So we're going to be hosting um, UNLV, or, or sorry, we're going to be hosting UCLA in our building uh, the weekend before nationals. Hopefully that helps us prepare and also uh, gives the UFCLA guys a good experience to come down here. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, let me ask you this, because uh, with the strength uh, of teams right now, and I talked to Kirk Handy, we had him on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, you know, he, him going back to being an independent team, and he did it because of strength of schedule. He thought he needed to play better teams to uh, to to strengthen his position when it came to rankings towards the end. I'm guessing you're seeing the same thing, and and some schools. I'm talking about Utah found out that they were just about in and, and their strength of schedule at the end of the season didn't help them. Yeah. I mean, strength of schedule, it, it matters. Um, I'm, I would say personally, like we're at a point now where if we do things the right way, we should get in the tournament. Um, and that's great to be able to say that now and saying that we're coming off a year where we're, we find unacceptable. So we're very motivated right now. Um, but in saying that, like, I think what I'm approaching more in this schedule is, I want to challenge my guys. Like it's our job as coaches not to make things easy to produce consistent results, but to make it difficult so that we can expect higher results. And, you know, I want to challenge my team. I, I can't, you know, Dearborn's going to be tough in their building on the road. That's going to be a tough challenge. But then you turn that around and you got a, a third game in three days at Adrian, one of the tougher buildings to win. Uh, I guess one of the top teams in the country. I want my guys to go through that. You don't learn lessons, you know, in five nothing, six two games. You gotta, you gotta go out there and and really challenge the the uh, the, the program, the group, and see what we're made of. I want to know what we're made of. Um, and we're tired of one and done. We've got a massive chip on our shoulders. To be to be honest with you, and I feel it in my players. They feel what I'm feeling too, and that's that's always important. I mean, I'm as excited about my returning core as I am the recruiting class, mainly because. The one thing that was constant, we, were, we had a disappointing year for us because we've built a standard that we expect more. But the one thing that was constant is our culture continued to grow. And I know what I got coming back. And I got a very committed group that's willing to buy in and do whatever it takes. So we want to take the next step. Um, these guys are texting each other. They don't even know that I know, but they're talking to Jesse. They're texting each other. These are workouts we're doing, challenging each other. Most times that's going to the coach to kiss up. I want to get on the power play. And it's not the case. It's just about us right now. And so I really love the feel of that stuff. And um, that's what we're about. We want to be challenged. We want to compete at a high level. We want to play the best. And if you're going to do that, um, you know, we can't, we can't hide in Tucson all year. So we're going to get out to Michigan. And obviously I'm from Michigan. I'm excited to play in front of my parents and some friends. Yeah, that's the little, that's the little uh, the personal part of it for you. But um, I guess we, we talk about the, the WCHL and, and, and being in this, 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 this conference that is strong as the WCHL because you guys, some, a lot of your games will be against those teams. That certainly helps with your strength of schedule, being in this kind of a conference. I guess just what did you see from the WCHL teams this year, this past season? Because, um, you know, this was kind of the first season with, with – after coming off COVID and everything, that UNLV and, and Grand Canyon and, and Utah came in, and now you've got these 10 teams and, and just the makeup of that. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, a ton of improvement. Um, you, you know, teams like, uh, you know, I thought Grand Canyon took a step. I thought Utah took a step. Obviously, UNLV took a step. Um, uh, ASU, you know, had, a, had a, a lot going on in their season, but when they made the change, um, they seemed to, to build off of that, you know, good or bad. Uh, but they seemed to kind of get things going, you know, on a roll down the stretch. Uh, you know, honestly, like, I don't say these things lightly because I think they're earned, not talked about over a podcast, but I got to believe we're the conference to beat next year. There's a lot of change going on in that, with that other conference uh, right now. And the way we're improving, like I'm expecting Utah to take another step. I'm expecting Grand Canyon, ASU, UNLV. I mean, I know who UNLV is getting, uh, got coming in. And on top of what they had, I mean, I'm expecting all these teams to get better. We're expected to take a massive step forward, and we're going to. So um, you start looking at it. There's not a there's not a soft game in the schedule. It's another great thing to be excited about. Our guards are going to have to be ready every night. And, and oftentimes in these kinds of uh, conversations, it's easy to be cliche and say, you know, there's no nights off. But uh, it couldn't be more true next year. I really think it's the strongest it's ever been and potentially um, the best conference in the ACHA. And I even get to the other side where UCL's the defending champ. Missouri State's going to add. They had some good momentum last year. Um, you know, I expect more of the Colorado teams moving forward. It's just uh, – it's really exciting times for our conference. And, and to top it off, you know uh, – Without a doubt, I think we've got the best commissioner in the ACHA. I couldn't say enough great things about Chris Perry. Um, he's always available. He's, he's neutral. He's uh, He does a lot of great things for our conference behind the scene. He's always available. It, it's just uh, it's a, such a uh, pleasure to have a team in his conference. I want to ask you about your coaching tree <laughs> because John Hogan, uh, he's done a fantastic job with his program, and now he's taking it to another level. He's leaving one conference uh, to get to a tougher spot. Uh, talk if you can about John and, and just how proud you've got to be of what he's been doing. Yeah, it, it's been amazing to watch his growth. Um, he's grown so much. And, like, I got to a point, I was watching him closely in the national tournament, obviously pulling for him every second of the way. But yeah, I know, you, were, you were well engaged in his, watching his games. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I could see from for where sure. I was <laughs> and I'm sitting next to his dad, who I've gotten right. to be good friends with. And, and you know, it's, it's and his mom's there, and, and it was awesome. Um, and uh, – so there's a couple observations. One, I went from proud of his development to damn it, I think you're passing me up here and you're ranked ahead of me now, so you got to cut this out. Uh, uh, but but honestly, when I, as I'm watching, it's I love the national tournament because you get so much. You talk to everybody in the league and get to mingle. It's kind of like Naples when we go to meet there. But um, what left me was the amount of respect that John's earned this year and people saying, look, this Maryville team looks good and John's really building this program well and doing it the right way. And, um, and they couldn't be more accurate. I mean, he, he's just, he's killing it. Um, and it's awesome to see. I mean, I've watched him grow as a player, as an assistant coach, and now as a head coach starting a brand new program from scratch. And certainly Maryville looks like they're on their way. And at some point, I'm sure we're going to have to cross paths on benches and that should be a, an all out brat fight. <laughs> I love it. Um, let me ask. Let me ask you this, because you mentioned Naples now a couple of times, and Stephen and I were both wondering: uh, was there anything exciting that came out of Naples besides you guys playing Dearborn? Um, <laughs> um, most of the exciting stuff can't be said over this. There's a lot of drinks involved over <laughs> tables. And, hey, um, we're, a we're of... a podcast. We're not on the yeah. radio or anything. Come on, lot, we're, we're not Don good... Kowarski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of good ribbings. Yeah, exactly. A lot of good ribbings. Um, I, I like, I like do, I like talking to those guys and getting to know them, and honestly, learning off them. I mean, you don't, I don't get a lot of opportunity to sit at a table uh, with Gary and Adrian and, and just pick his brain. And 
you, you know what's funny too is we actually do get to kind of interact on some recruits we're competing for and you'll be like wait he said that to you no, i didn't say that he said that to you no i didn't say that um <laughs> so it's a lot of that going on it's kind of funny but uh any chance i get to learn off of there's so many good coaches in this league uh, any chance I get to pick their brains and kind of see different things they're doing and what works for them. And um, I just, every time I leave Naples, I feel like I've become a better coach and, and it's a, it's just a great opportunity. And and you kind of got to do some, some of that uh, at the national tournament, obviously you, you didn't go as far as you would have liked, but because of the way you travel plans and everything, you were there for a couple of days after you guys got knocked out. So you were hanging out there and watching some of the games. And I guess I just want to ask, I'm leading into the kind of your overall impressions about how the national tournament went. I, this was the first year, I believe that the ACHA did the, all the divisions in one place, you know, even the play on different rinks and everybody was there and over the, over the time frame and, and just um, what you thought about the way it was put together with uh, with St. Louis and, and the whole tournament, because uh, this is my first experience seeing it in person, and and I, I was impressed with how the ACHA uh, does it. For sure, I mean it, it was a it was a great facility set up. Um, it was it was hectic. That lobby was insane, and like like you said, unfortunately I was there a few extra days, fortunately and fun, unfortunately. Uh, but that lobby was a was a mayhem, um, and you just. <laughs> Going, you, you look down one corner, you're seeing a D1 game, a D2 team, a D3 team. I learned a lot about, you know, the different teams at all levels and just kind of watching. And, and there's a lot of great hockey out there. Even those D2, D3 teams, there's a lot of good teams out there. Um, it, it, but me personally, I kind of, I'm glad I got stuck there for a few days. Not glad we were stuck there, but glad that I got to stay and watch some more. Uh, especially after not being there with COVID the year before. I needed to see what we didn't have, what we weren't. Um, I know my team, you know, um, I wanted to see, you know, those, those final four teams, what do they have that we don't, what do we need to do to get there? Um, and size and speed was very apparent to me. And so obviously, as you see in our recruiting class, that's what we're addressing. We, f we feel like we can defend at the highest level. Um, now we're adding offense. And I really feel like that combined with our culture, um, we have very high expectations next year. And, and we're, I'm not gonna lie. To you. I mean, I'm, I'm angry recruiting. We're, 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 we're really not happy with how things ended and extremely excited to prove some people wrong and what to expect next year. You know, I was going to ask you about that again. We've talked about this a couple different times since COVID hit. Um, but are you starting to see now, not only with uh, yourself, obviously, but other coaches and, and certainly players that, they're not taking things for granted anymore. They're, they're a little bit more focused maybe because they saw what they lost and they saw what they could lose because what I'm seeing coaches, uh, I'm seeing teams everywhere that are going like, man, we are just so happy that we're able to continue to play this game. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, honestly, there's always, there's always reminders in life, you know, whether it be tragedies amongst the family or, or any of that stuff. I think there's always, it's always good to be, aware of how, how great we've got it to i mean i i certainly do not lose perspective of i pinched myself i mean i'm i'm essentially working my dream job in tucson arizona coaching college hockey and every day i wake up doing exactly what i want to do it's it's really incredible and um sometimes i'll go get gas and pay a tenant or you know buy some food and and pay it to a waitress and i just remind myself how, how lucky i am um, and certainly COVID was just another one of those examples. It, it's nice to not be running outside with masks on or whatever it is we had to go through uh, to make that stuff happen. And hopefully we can continue moving forward, not have to do that. But, but certainly um, being at the rink every day had a, had a little different feel. And when you, when you got a little burnt out in February, which is natural, it was easy to say, look, like the last February we were watching from home and, you know, I, I didn't really enjoy watching the tournament over hockey TV last year. You know, I want to be there. So, um, it, it, you're spot on in that regard.
Well, hopefully you're there in uh, in Boston next year because that's where the national tournament is. How do you feel about it being in Boston? That's going to be quite a trip. Yeah, I'm gonna. Have to, I think we're starting the car washes now. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be expensive. Um, you know, but uh, with the team we have, hopefully we can earn the opportunity. That the higher the ranking you go, the later you get to go there, and we can do our own selves a favor by uh, by proving our ranking here. And, and that's the way I'm viewing it. Um, at the end of the day, this is a program that strives to be the best. We have a long-term goal of doing uh, the highest possible success that we can have. And, um, you know, to have the opportunity to go to a tournament like that in, a, in a, such a cool city, too, in a great hockey town, a sports town in general, um, you know, we can't wait to get out there. we got a lot of work to do. Right now I'm trying to figure out what's for dinner. <laughs> and, and let me ask you this, too, because uh, the – what's your feeling on this, but the uh, – with all the divisions being in one spot, I know there might be there's some conversation that maybe that that'll go back to being division two will be in one spot, division three, and and how did you feel like how do you feel like um, if you have an opinion on that where that everybody's in one place and and and, and at the same time? Yeah, in my opinion, it should just be in Tucson. I don't see what the problem is. Like palm trees. <laughs> it could come to um, Vegas every once in a while, but then you know, alternate between the two spots. <laughs> yeah, you got to know that's bad. That's clogged up with Biz Nasty doing booking something or something's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm really I don't have an opinion on it. I mean, I I see I see positive and negative of both. It was cool to see all the other teams. Um, you know, I think a lot of people feel like they tend to watch their own division anyways. Um, could we make it more geographically friendly on some of these teams by doing it per division? Possibly. I think at the end of the day, like, and a lot of things in our society right now, I'd love to remind people that we're just not going to please everybody. And so uh, you'd like to believe the people making these decisions are doing what's best for the league. And it's not my job. Uh, my job is to get there and, and to try to have success. And that's what I try to focus on. Yeah, I guess those sort of decisions are above your pay grade, right? Yeah, and it doesn't take much to get above that. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two things I want to end uh, my topic with you on is uh, give us a thumbnail again about the facility because it's been a while now since uh, since yeah. I was up there at the opening. And um, a lot of people have asked about, you know, just what's it going to mean for the program. And uh, I hate to even bring this up, but we, we see what's happening at Arizona State, and you know my feelings on that. It's like... I understand the Coyotes needed a place to play, but doggone it, that was a college hockey rink designed for NCAA hockey. And uh, I feel a little bit bad that they're, the Coyotes are stealing the thunder. I get it. I understand all that stuff. But your your facility is is uh, a University of Arizona facility for the most part that will be open to the entire community, correct? Yeah, and I guess that's where I'd like to start is like the excitement for me is like, of course, of course, I'm excited for my program, but this is massive for our community. I, I couldn't possibly uh, understate that. There's so, there's like 900 kids here who are trying to get on ice when they can. It's tough to do. And there's hundreds of families who commute to Phoenix just to play hockey because of it. And so, like, the impact this is going to make, I don't think everyone in, in Tucson even realizes, uh, like, how much time they're going to spend at a rink and at the restaurant that's going to be in there and how much just engagement amongst the community um, I'll tell you a quick story. The, the week we announced it, I went to a sports bar uh, with my uh, family, and the, the the bartender was wearing a University of Arizona hockey T-shirt, and this was out in the suburbs. So I was like, okay, how, why do you have that shirt? That's awesome. <laughs> Where did you get long, it, first of all? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and as we started talking, she's explaining to me, well, my son plays hockey on the 10U travel team here. And essentially what she was telling me was she was working this job so that, that she could afford – 
to, you know, drive to Phoenix an hour and 40 minutes every, you know, four or five times a week so that her son could play hockey consistently and at a high enough level and in a program to where it could uh, facilitate it. Um, you know, like that is the kind of reminder uh, to me of just how impactful in, uh, this is going to be on these families. And um, that's the stuff that I immediately go to. I'm just so excited for our community and for that to happen. Now, for our program, obviously, this is a game changer. Um, financially, it's going to change the way we do things. We hope to expand and really provide a full uh, NCAA-style experience. We run it like an NCAA program now, but, um, you know, we want to get to a point where we're providing sticks and uh, traveling all over and, and operating at a first-class level. And that's something we're building towards as we speak and uh, preparation. Um, but as far as the facility goes, I mean, the building's awesome. It's, it's got a big pane of glass facing the mountains. Um, you know, the entrance has got an open breezeway with a great plan so that we can, and again, engage the community with food trucks and beer garden and different kind of things outside and, and pregame festivities and tailgating. Um, you know, and then from the, you know, you go inside, there's 3000 seats in a horseshoe There's a restaurant against the glass with a patio. We're, we're excited to be able to manipulate the menu a bit so we can put our alumni in the menu, change meals, do different things like that. They've been giving us full autonomy to make this as, as great of a, and cool of and unique of an experience as possible when you go to a wildcat hockey game. Um, and you know, like, I can't wait for the first game. It's going to be sold out for sure. And the environment of packing, the enthusiasm of our already uh, unbelievable fan base in a, in a tighter environment is just going to be incredible. Uh, and so obviously we can't wait um, from a facility standpoint, from the player's perspective that the back behind the room scenes is, is just, it's just incredible. I mean, he, he Frank was awesome to let me, you know, what do you want? And I was like, well, be careful by asking me that. Cause I've got a lot of ideas. <laughs> um, this is not something I just thought of this week. You know, we've been begging for this. So we unleashed ideas and he was very receptive. We're going to have a dry fit room for the guys when they go in the locker room. They can hang their suits, clothes. We'll have a ping pong table, sofa, make it a bit of a lounge area. Next door to that is going to be their locker room. It's a big space. Um, and then attached to that room is going to be a door with a stadium style um, film room. It's going to have stadium seating and a big projector. Um, we're going to be able to, you know, obviously I do a ton of film here and, and we're going to be able to make, make good use of that. And, um, I think that's going to be a huge tool for us, both recruiting and in development. Um, uh, we're going to have a massive medical room. We're going to have a women's locker room, full scale locker room, uh, men's two with a locker room, um, yeah, uh, uh, an adaptive sports sled team. Um, it just, it's limitless what this is going to do. And I, and I can't wait to see it happen. And just to be a small part of this, this is going to be a great, uh, just a great thing for the community. Let me ask real quick about like the you talk about game day experiences when when you have your own facility. You have the advantage now of going to these different places uh, when you go on the road. How much do you obviously focus on winning on the ice, but how much you kind of look at study that sort of stuff too and say what like what the UNLV does or when you go to these places and, yeah. and what they do and how and how you can try to replicate or or even just you know kind of replicate that for and mold you guys when you guys yeah absolutely. I mean I'm always looking to get better and as a program we're always looking to get better so. You know, you, you see the bells and whistles and different things. Oh, that's a good idea that UNLV does. We can keep that in our mind. Um, you know, like the best example is we did go up to Minot last year after we had known we were going to build this thing. And I had sent a bunch of videos back to my boss, Troy Vaughn, who's, who's been a huge supporter of this program, um, and Tanner Harris, who just had a baby, by the way. Pretty awesome news. Oh, He's congratulations a dad now. to that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, 
you know, I was sending back videos and pictures and, you know, like uh, Minot had advertising on the front facing of the stairs in the arena. I'm like, what an awesome idea that is. And, um, uh, you know, I've always picked, picked Wade uh, Regeer's brain out there too. Uh, he's one of the best in the business at doing that stuff. And he always had great ideas. Um, to say the least, this is something we've obviously been preparing for a long time. And, and when you go to these other arenas, you get different ideas. Um, certainly we're going to grab for wherever we can to improve this thing and make it the best experience possible for our fan base. Okay, let me let me play something for you because I picked this up at Missouri State and I want to know what you guys are going to do for this. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, yeah, I help me. I don't know where you find these, but I totally agree with you. We need a we need a horn. I hate the horn at Grand Canyon, and I want them to hate ours. That horn at Grand Canyon is right above our bench, and for some reason they've had our number lately. I remember last game, I'm like, I don't want to hear that horn, and I think it drummed up three in the first five minutes. It was not a good day for me to bring that up, apparently. But, um, yeah, I agree. I, 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 I want to not just add cool amenities to the building. I want to add character to it, and I think a horn or something like that um, can go a long ways for sure. Well, let me tell you what else Stephen loves. He's had a chance to uh, to do some AHL stuff with me, and uh, I brought him out to Colorado to see the Colorado Eagles games, and they had 4,000-plus cowbells going on, and Jesus. they're still ringing in his ears. Uh, <laughs> That's bet. how yeah. I felt But you just said, Jesus, I mean, it was, it was loud. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to start something in the uh, ACHA levels, get everybody that comes in a cowbell. Scott, well, what are you doing? To... What are you doing, Scott? It's we... not that far fetched. I mean, Tim used to have the the rubber chicken here, right? I mean, yeah. it happened. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, we, I talked. We, I don't. We don't need more places with cows. <laughs> I talked to the guys in in uh, uh, Loveland about that, and that was something that Ralph Braxstrom wanted initially was cowbells, and they actually give out uh, a new commemorative cowbell every season as part of uh, their tradition there. So, yeah, there's a lot of them. I'm sure you guys will come up with a great one. Uh, our pleasure to have you on tonight. I know you're busy as always. Uh, can't wait to see you. But before we go, I want you to tell everybody about the big camp coming up again because I'm hoping that my schedule works out where I can get there. Uh, I love your camp. I think it's one of the best out there. But tell everybody how they can get involved, if they can still get involved. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. I'm actually doing two camps this summer, so I mean, I'll, I'll, this will be the debut announcement here. Um, so we're doing the one in Peoria, June 25, 26. Um, definitely still got spots available. I'm, I'm always excited about this camp because when I, you know, when I put this camp together, I, I didn't want to just put a camp to put a camp on. I wanted it to serve a purpose and an impact. Like, if you want to do stick handling, go to Turcotte, you know, like – they, there's so many camps out there. I, it's been done. Um, and so I wanted to model my, my camp after what are people not doing? And so some of the things we do that other camps don't, and I'm really proud of it. As we do this seminar, it's about an hour long and a lot of questions and uh, being answered directly to a college coach on how do I contact a college coach? Because since I took this job, I've been alarmed at how many people don't really know how to go, go about it and they go about it the wrong ways and how that can affect things. So I was like, well, this is a great opportunity for me to, to, to try to teach it. Cause it's like, how do we expect the kids to learn these things if we don't teach it? Um, and so we do a great seminar on that. We're going to focus in on, on some wall battle fundamentals uh, that I picked up from actually Nate Lehman in an unbelievable seminar I saw in, in Naples, post it, stole it, and I'm passing it on as we speak. Uh, <laughs> trying to do my best impression of him. And um, it's just such a great fundamental way to learn how to consistently win wall battles and puck battles. And if you can do that, 
you got the puck more, you're going to be a better hockey player. Um, we provide things like uh, um, a stick handling workout that kids can do. It's about 15 minutes every day. And if you do it every day, I guarantee your hands will improve over a summer. Um, you know, not a lot of people offer that stuff. And so those are the things we're after offering. Uh, and then at the end, I sit down with every single kid and say, hey, these are the things we want to get better at. These are the things you want to continue because it's a part of your identity. I just think that's so valuable. Um, my throat's always shot by the time the, that camp's done. Uh, and I love it, though, because I genuinely would not feel comfortable if I didn't leave there being like I made a difference and taught them something that's going to help them along the way. And hopefully we have. Um, and then to announce our second camp, I'm really, really excited to get back to my roots there, big back home. Um, July 9 and 10, we will be hosting a camp in northern Michigan and Gaylord, Michigan. Um, and I got a buddy up there, and so he's kind of helped me arrange some things and um, hoping to work with, you know, some younger kids around, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, um, help work on some different things there. A lot of those kids up in Gaylord, if they're going to go to a camp, are kind of similar to Tucson in which they got to, they have a rink, I guess that's a major difference, but a lot of the camps are going to be out in Traverse City and stuff like Grand Rapids and Detroit. Um, so I wanted to say, hey, I can relate. We want to come to you, and we're going to come to Gaylord, Michigan, um, keep you close to home, and hopefully give you a great experience. You have a lot of fun, and you learn things other other programs aren't teaching you. And so very excited, June 25, 26 in Peoria, Arizona, um, and uh, also July 9 and 10 in Gaylord, Michigan. Um, and you can find any of that information on our website, ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. We have uh, both camp informations up there, including itinerary and ways to pay. So hopefully we can get some more kids out there and make a big impact. Man, I love that. You missed one thing, though, that I absolutely love about your programs is teaching kids how to reach out to coaches. Because especially now uh, in this day and age where that, that fifth year came into play and the COVID stuff and all that, uh, these guys need to continue to learn how to uh, talk to coaches. And uh, if they don't try, they're not going to find a spot, to be honest with you. Well, and like we talked about it, the field, the competition field is so thick right now with not to mention COVID, but the game growing. I mean, I played in the North American Hockey League. There were six teams. Now I can't keep track of how many teams there are, but there's a ton of leagues and a ton of teams. You really, more now than ever, you need to find ways to separate yourself or more or less. A lot of what I teach in that seminar is how to not raise red flag because there's some little things you can do by accident um, that can eliminate you as an option. Um you know, I always tell these guys, like, as, as a coach, and I try to give them a coach's perspective, and that's hopefully the value I'm bringing is, hey, I'm, I'm showing you as a coach, this is what we're thinking, this is what goes through our mind. And so what I tell them often is, like, we are paranoid as coaches when we recruit. We're committing to a kid that we expect to be there four or five years. We can't afford to be wrong. So don't give me anything that raises a red flag um, and, or, or puts some doubt. And if you're between two kids and you do that and the other kid doesn't, that's the difference between you getting the opportunity and the other kid not. So it's such an important seminar. I think it matters. And, and it's really um, – it's my favorite part of the camp. Um, and I'm really proud that, uh, that that's something we do. And, and hopefully other camps do it too. Like it doesn't just need to be mine. I just want to continue to challenge people to say, how do we help grow this game? And hopefully I'm doing my part. Yeah, great stuff. Um, one final thing from me. I know I've said it three final things now, but <laughs> I always think of something else. Anything. This is the final, final, final thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Anything rules-wise or things that are going to change um, within the, the system that you found out in Naples uh, as far as tournaments or changes in, in anything that uh, we need to know about? Because I tried to send Steve in there, but they wouldn't let him in. They didn't want him in the state of Florida. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I told them the same thing. Uh, uh, 
I don't want to go to Florida right now. I, I could... <laughs> Apparently, your staff feels that way because they didn't make it again either. I don't know what that's about, but uh, uh, yeah, it's nothing drastic. I mean, to be honest with you, it's a lot of like it's a lot of hoopla. It's a lot of personalities, big personalities in one room. Um, you know, I guess I could sum it up kind of what I talked to you about earlier. I think collectively as a society, we need to come to grips with that everything's not that we expect is not going to come to us or go our way. We have to learn to disagree. Um, and unfortunately it's filtered into our everyday. I'd like to see us be comfortable with disagreeing. It's okay. Um, it doesn't mean things can't be figured out and made better. Uh, and unfortunately you get some of that in those meetings, a lot of shouting about nonsense. And so not always is it productive, unfortunately, and people leave kind of frustrated and we kick it down the road, but nothing in terms of rules, nothing drastically changing that I can recall. Um, unless I drown to that part out. <laughs> we appreciate your time coach uh hopefully i'm catching up with you somewhere whether it be gaylord or or peoria or somewhere along the way before the season starts because you just got to stop know, hurting yourself scott yeah you, you know yeah. I like, you know i like to visit and uh, talk hockey with you and i'm so excited for what's happening down there in tucson it's a it's a long time coming and uh nobody deserves it more than you and your program so congratulations on all the good things happening and let's see on the ice get back to uh what I'm going to play for you right now. Uh, I, I know I should take and, and have the, have you edit this, but you know, my love for Tim and, and how great yeah. it is, but so I keep playing it. So until you tell me to shut it down, I'm not gonna, well, you're not going to hear it from me. And, and thanks for having <laughs> me. Um, in all seriousness, you guys, what you guys do is awesome. And to see you guys promoting the game and, and allow me to be a small part of these. I, I always love talking to you guys and, um, just appreciate what you're doing. You're doing your part to grow the game as well. And, um, looking forward to the hockey season. So, Keep doing what you're doing. Hopefully, we do too. By the All way, right, how's the uh, how's the practice going? I know I've been told that you're at you're at you're on, well, on location right now. I, I... <laughs> yeah, my son just made two errors, so it's been frustrating to watch him <laughs> give this interview. <laughs> we, we've got conversations ahead now. Yeah, he's at 106 degrees, and we're out here for like a two and a half three hour practice. So these guys are are getting after it. Oh my goodness! And this is baseball, right? I I, I think I said it was basketball. You said it was basketball. Like, what is Scott, he doing but... that basketball? Oh no, no, gosh, no, baseball. No, this is baseball. Yeah, this is baseball. <laughs> You're not doing any of that basketball stuff. All right, <laughs> don't hang up until you hear the thirty second spot from from the Arizona sure. Wildcats, and uh, we'll be right back in about three minutes to uh, wrap up another episode of the Great West college hockey podcast we got rid of the word coach club uh <laughs> club Good. coach how about that we hate the <laughs> word club it's a, it's Likewise. a quarter in the jar every time we say it so it's a great west college hockey podcast because it's just another version of college hockey that's it that's right thanks guys take care stay healthy there huh absolutely your hometown hockey team your western collegiate hockey league champions your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. Yeah, I don't know if the number is even still right, but I'm playing it anyway. So, so let me know when you want to change it up. So maybe Tanner can cut some things apart and keep Tim's voice in there. But thanks again, Coach. Sure. We appreciate it. Thank you. Good talk to you guys. Yeah. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. 
That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong. See if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. From the Summer Skate Studios, this is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Indeed it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. It's our Wednesday night staple where uh, we talk ACHA hockey. Scott Strandy with you tonight from uh, a very beautiful, glorious day in Denver, Colorado. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, joining me as always from Las Vegas, Nevada. I shouldn't say always because sometimes you're in uh, Colorado with me. Sometimes you're in California at Bakersfield. Sometimes you're in uh, uh, Missouri covering the ACHA tournament. So we have you a little bit of everywhere, but right now you're enjoying 110. Yeah, enjoying 110 and and just a beautiful day otherwise and just enjoying the 
we get to summer here before we get, soon as sooner than we know it it'll be the fall summer it's definitely summer right now well not officially yet not officially <laughs> till june 21st but unofficially it is but uh you know we're, we're not officially at summer yet which means which means it's gonna be a long summer probably but it'll be we'll go through it and we'll we'll get through it and then we'll get to the fall and we'll we'll have hockey once again Okay, uh, we'll do it quickly, but uh, just a quick recap of what you heard from Coach Berman. Um, I've got goosebumps just because I, I met him seven years ago now, and he was just taking over the program and where they were at and where they're headed. Um, it, it just, it's so exciting because that's why we do what we do is to grow the game of hockey. Um, we cover it to grow it. So uh, your thoughts on what you heard from Coach Berman tonight? No, I like the... I like the motivation that he has to to want to put together a team that will win. I think every coach has it, right? But but just it, it, and we've talked with Coach Berman all the time, and and he's always you know he's very competitive and everything. But it just seems like there's an extra level to his uh, you know his determination, the the drive to to put together a team that that can compete and to and to contend for a national tournament. As he said, he's he's tired of he, they go almost every year. But they they're yet to get a get a win, if I'm not mistaken. So it's uh, at the tournament. So that's <laughs> eats at you after a while. Then he sees a guy like John Hogan, who he kind of tutored, tutored I guess, so to speak. And and John Hogan goes to a new school, starts a program up at Maryville, and is having success there, and is able to to win a couple tournament games. So I'm sure that that kind of, as he said, as he's he's happy for him, but he's he's kind of like eats at him too, like man, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, being able to go to the national tournament and, and to see the level of competition and, and after coming off a of COVID year and everything and just seeing really what he needs to do. And like, like he said, it was it was nice, not nice, obviously, to not advance, but nice that, you know, he, he had to be there a couple extra days just to go and watch some of the games, you know, not playing because, you know, he got to really see what his team needs. And he feels like that they, what the moves they're going to make this, this summer are hopefully going to fill those needs that they need, uh, which is, of course is going to be be more speed there and, and to get more offense because that was a big thing for them last year was lack of consistent offense. Um, the other thing was was cool about a little bit of schedule uh, nuggets. Of course, we love that as we wait for schedules to come out from different teams and the ACHA uh, is the the trip to Michigan where he's, he's going to go back home there and, and have that, uh, those games against Michigan-Dearborn, which I'm sure he'll love to – <laughs> return the favorite from the national tournament and, and beat them. And, uh, of course, Adrian, That's that'll be a, a really a tough matchup. But uh, as he said, you've got to play the best if, if you want to try to beat beat the best. I mean, we saw what UNLV did. They certainly beefed up their schedule last year more than they probably have in the past. And uh, it benefited them with, you know, being competitive and, and winning some games and, and beating some really good teams, going to that tournament in Chicago and then, you know, what they did with Liberty, splitting with them and at their place. And, and it's all what they were able to get a good tournament position and make a deep run. So, uh, with, with the talented team that they had, so that, that's all that's important. And the third thing was that we learned about the camp thing. And I'm sure that's something that you're excited about the, the second camp that he's going to do in his home, his home roots there in, uh, in Michigan. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm always supportive of his camp. I think he does just a fantastic job. And a lot of times people put their name on a camp, but they won't really be, hundred uh, percent invested. I can guarantee you coach Berman is hundred percent invested a couple of years ago when he was dealing with an illness, uh, he was on the ice and I could tell that he was struggling and I know he'd lost a lot of weight and 
I, I just felt for him, but he wanted to be out there with every kid and talk to every kid and instruct every kid. And uh, sometimes that just doesn't happen. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about the building, though, because um, you can see with like, you know, John Hogan's done a great job at Maryville, but would he have been able to do the same thing if he'd have been stuck in a place that, that had to share a building or couldn't have practice time or whatever? Uh, he was able to walk into a brand new facility. And I think what you're going to see in Arizona is uh, when that new building gets up, you're going to see not only an influx, as he talked about, of having youth players start to work their way up and become better players, but you're also going to see his program get better because there'll be more revenue generated. There'll be uh, places to practice. He won't be busing 110 miles or 20 miles to Phoenix to uh, to get practice time in and uh, all of that stuff. So I think that'll be a big a big improvement for him. And I'm just so excited about what I've seen in ACHA hockey. You had a chance to experience the, the uh, national tournament and you know just how good these teams are. And now they're they're not only getting better, but there's more of them getting better. Well, well, I've I've loved since I've started, you know, following UNLV and then doing stuff with them real closely, and then you know, you know, then you having me come on with you and doing this adventure with uh, with the ACHA stuff, and um, I've I've always enjoyed this level of hockey just because of the what the time that these kids put into it, the dedication of the coaches involved and everybody involved to to uh, to put them out there, and and the platform that we can give is to share sure what these kids can do because um, they don't get a lot of attention as opposed to obviously the the NCA level or even the the pros obviously and just giving them a, an extra platform to maybe display their themselves as their characters their personalities and obviously their skills on the ice uh, but being at the national tournament for the first time in person um, really and just the way that was put together and, and the talent on the teams that were involved and just the just the level of competition and everything around it really made me love the ACHA even even more than than I did already, so that that's a testament to to what they do, and 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 I think as more people discover it and and find out about the the hockey uh, content and the hockey skill that at this level, um, the and the value of it. I mean, you go to UNLV game, it's it's very low cost, but the the, the quality of hockey is very good, and I think it's it's only going to help elevate the uh, the level of competition and obviously going to elevate we saw with Lindenwood now they're elevated to NCAA we'll probably see other teams do the same and and that's the goal obviously I mean you want to succeed at the ACHA level obviously and and, and but you know ultimately a lot of these teams have desires to to be NCAA and division one and and I think the ACHA can be a great uh, stepping stone for that ASU obviously is a prime example of that other some other schools Lindenwood will will be in the mix now and we'll we'll see um <laughs> So yeah, we'll yeah, see. Not, we'll see, not but only yeah. that, but but we talked with um, Sean Hogan, uh, who used to coach at Arizona and is now with uh, College Hockey Inc. And he was talking to us about no relation to John Hogan, right? <laughs> uh, no relation, but uh, we're at the same place. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> Sean, Sean said that uh, Tennessee State is uh, talking about becoming an NCAA program, and before they do it, they're going to spend a couple years at the ACHA D1 level. Well, I told him when, when he was on, I said, that, that's new because in the past, people would either make the jump straight to NCAA or they'd go ACHA and they'd get stuck there, if you will. But for somebody to say, yeah, we, we want to get our feet wet and play quality ACHA D1 hockey, then make the jump, that's uh, that's new and exciting news. And um, we're well, looking I forward to seeing what these teams do. 
and I, I think it's important too to to understand that, or to hopefully the, when these teams make those kind of decisions, that when they do come to the the ACHA, that they invest in the ACHA, not just be there just to try to go through the motions. And try obviously you want to put on a good show because that's going to get you the NCAA level, but but when that they're in the ACHA, that they put that time and that they're dedicated to to what the ACHA brand is and and what they bring and and, and put together a quality team instead of just thinking about the next thing, although you always do want to think about the next thing, obviously, but if that's what your goal is, but, but being invested at the level you're at right now, instead of thinking too far ahead. Yeah. Good stuff. Which it's is what I think, which is, what I think UNLV is doing well. They, they, it's in their minds and that's, that's behind the scenes. I'm sure it's working on, but they're very invested on wanting to succeed at the ACHA level. I think with the team that they had last year and, and, and the quality of competition that they put out of there and the team that they put out there and, and how disappointed they were that they didn't get beyond the final four, which was a great accomplishment in itself, but they obviously wanted more. And, uh, but then they realized at the same time what they were able to accomplish. And so, um, so that's yep. important too. And, and they're not alone. Everybody's going right. that route. I know uh, we're going to talk about other uh, schools and what they've done as far as recruiting too. We're running out of time tonight no, and there's no easy transition no. to this, but I knew need to get it out there. Um, the news broke today. Uh, for a GoFundMe for uh, Joey Ratz, uh, a former uh, ASU player. I know he was there maybe the first year of the program or second year of the program. I'm, I'd have to go look. It, it's kind of stunned me because Joey was a tremendous hockey player. He was playing over in Europe, um, uh, apparently wasn't feeling well. And uh, as as turns out, that, that ugly C word crops up again. And he was diagnosed on May 26th of this year. So just very, very recently with a rare form of testicular cancer, um, he's got uh, different tumors and things that have to be removed. And um, he's got a lot of uh, stuff ahead of him. As he says uh, in his GoFundMe, when he was playing in Europe, his team had full insurance on him. Unfortunately, this was diagnosed after he his season was over and he was back here. So he's looking at uh, just unbelievable medical costs. And as you would expect, um, you know, he's not able to work during this process. And, uh, so there's a number of things. It's, uh, it's very well done. I've put it out there on, uh, all of our social media pages where you can go and, and, uh, offer prayers and support. And of course, uh, money, if you can, to help Joey's path for cancer treatment and recovery. Um, it just, it just stuns me, Stephen, every time I see a young man, uh, you know, in their mid twenties, uh, having to deal with something like this. And of course, we saw it in Vegas at the professional level with Shea Theodore. And, uh, it, you know, it doesn't, cancer doesn't care. They don't care if you're a, an NHL player or a bidding professional player, a budding professional player, I should say, or an NCAA player, or just Joe Blow walking down the street. It doesn't matter to cancer. And it's time that we find, uh, A, a cure. And um, until we find that cure, we need to support those that are dealing with it. So, our thoughts and prayers go out to Joey Ratz. Again, you can find, uh, if you go to any of our social media accounts, you can find the GoFundMe out there uh, for him. And uh, if you go to fundme, GoFundMe.com and just search Joey Ratz, it pops up there as well. So, um, you know, it, it's it, it's just never easy. And I just thought it was important that we get that mentioned tonight. Absolutely. I don't know much more I can add to that, but, but I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, hopefully people can can help him out if, if they like him. And yes, we, we hope for the best with him and uh, we'll certainly uh, hope that he comes soon. I think we're, I think with, with cancer, I think we're, we're in so much better place than we were, but even 15 to 
certainly 20 years ago, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago. Uh, that's all the, the research out there. We, right. We still got to find, find cures for cancer. But but I think, uh, again, being able to detect it early or, or uh, there's lots of treatments that can really help help at least prolong it or, you know, the, the how someone li lives with if it's really bad or hopefully obviously overcome it and, and be cured. Um, so um, hopefully that's going to happen with him that, that he'll be. Uh, cured of it that we'll, we'll get the message at one point that he, uh, he'll come back as cancer free which is always a, a welcome sight and you know the the thing people don't think about is, is this is an enormous amount of money for the cost of treatment but um for somebody that's doing it on their own without uh total i mean it's total self-pay for him and then think about yourself i mean i'm sitting here whining about a bad knee and a broken thumb yeah really um, put, yeah really man, puts life into perspective yeah yeah i mean just just forget about it i mean i can yeah. deal with that pain that's gonna yeah heal. you can deal with a bro broken um, thumb <laughs> yeah it's gonna get better there's no yeah. doubt about that but um you and we learned that during it, we learned that during COVID too how much people suffer during that too and yeah it was obviously so and the other thing it is with the cost of everything now the cost of fuel and food and everything on the rise and you think of somebody that can't work uh, because of an illness, man, it, it, whatever you can do to help, we just recommend it. Um, I don't know how to transition out of it, except to say we thank everybody for tuning in tonight. As always, we'll have another great guest again next Wednesday, and take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Be it a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue Las Vegas style. Drury Inn & Sweets. Our quality and value have earned us 16 straight J.D. Power Awards. Book your stay at DruryHotels.com. Liberty University. Strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at Liberty.edu. And by Burrito Express, authentic Mexican food fresh from our family recipes with six East Valley locations. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of Ice Time Hockey SW Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. And two really quick things. You know, we talked about the AHL briefly during the show. Uh, of course, we covered that uh, extensively during the Eagles run. Um, the, the Western Conference Final is still going on. It's 1-1 between Chicago and – or no, it's 2 nothing Chicago over Stockton. But the series now in Stockton, and, and that game three is uh, – going on as we speak as we're recording this so that's a 0-0 game but that series is 2-0 uh, the Wolves over Stockton in that and the other thing and we can talk we can mention this again next week is there will be some hockey here in Vegas uh, next week the three ice is going to be taking place which is like a three-on-three -three thing that's going to feature like NHL uh, past NHL legends and other things um, that's going to be starting up it's uh, they're going to go to like to nine different places um, and it starts here at the Orleans Arena next Saturday the 18th and People can find out more information about that at 3ice.com. So that's going to be kind of cool to check that out uh, next week for people. And, of course, it's going to stop at Magnus Arena the following week. So it'll be in your neck of the woods the following week. So 
So some cool things for people if they want to check out some some cool three on three type hockey. Really good stuff. Do you, do you guys have any ice sheets there in Vegas now, or <laughs> we, we um... might we might have a few. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans Arena gracious to host this uh, the start of this. Uh, it's gonna go to Orle- it. Vegas, Denver, Grand Rapids, Pennsylvania, a couple Canadian stops. It'll end here in Vegas for the championships in in August. So so that'll be cool. All right, my shout out goes to uh, the Colorado Avalanche in the. Uh, um, Stanley Cup final for the first time in 20 years. So they touched the to they touched the Campbell uh, Cup. Uh oh, that's a is that a bad, yeah, is that a bad move on their part? We saw no. the Golden Knights do it when they and they didn't. Hey, listen, <laughs> listen. Here's the deal: when uh, when Joe Sackick says you can touch it, go ahead and touch it. <laughs> and that's what everybody feels like here. So um, we're uh, we're we're excited for that. I also want to throw out a big shout out to John Copperud, the the uh, father of Arizona State's. Um, Matthew Copperud and uh, and let him know that uh, his team, the uh, Denver East Angels, won the uh, Division Two National Tournament for high school hockey. So that was uh, quite an accomplishment. And of course, the Denver Pioneers, uh, the NCAA National Championship. So uh, something in the water in Colorado. I got to start drinking it so I can stay a little healthier. But <laughs> yeah, whatever, but whatever it is, whatever's uh, whatever's good in the water, you need to get your hands on that ASAP. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I got to find something, that's for sure. You, you know what it is? You brought all the good luck charm to everybody there, all the teams there, but I think it, it what it did is it it rubbed it off on you. It means that you didn't <laughs> you got all the you got all the bad mojo. Yeah, <laughs> if if, if you figure out all this mojo stuff, good luck with that. Uh anyway, our Good mojo to went to them and mojo came to you in return. Apparently, our thanks to Chad Berman for joining us tonight, and uh, we look forward to another great week of podcasts. If you missed any of them, there are about a million places you can find them now just by searching Ice Time Hockey or Ice Time SW or ITHSW Podcasts. They will come up for you, and uh, proud to say we've done over 525 hours of broadcast now, so uh, we're getting there. We love it. We've got great opportunities this summer for you to join us as part of our corporate partnership so, uh, again, thanks to Chad Berman from the University of Arizona. Thanks to Stephen Marsh for joining me and, and uh, bringing it every night. And we'll say goodnight. Little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody. <laughs>